Good morning. I'm Wimala, and today is March the 15th. Definitely signs of spring here outside of Woodstock and Crystal Lake. Um, it's getting warmer. The sky has turned. It was a little bit uh, a little bit gray earlier, but it's very clear. Some little little puffy clouds in the sky. Uh, lots lots more birds are here. So it's. Uh, I hope you're having a beautiful day where you are, or you've had a beautiful day, or beginning one. And I want to uh, again today. I'd like to read a little bit more, not too big of a chunk from Heartwood of the Bodhi Tree. The Buddhist teaching on voidness, and we often think of it as uh, not-self, anatta, and it's sunyata as well. But it's the, uh, the spaciousness, the emptiness, where we don't have to be, where we're, we're moving towards letting go of that self, everything relating to me and mine. We're letting go of those filters and moving into just a, uh, an openness that's it's hard to even imagine. So, Buddha Dasa Bhikkhu wrote the book, and it was tra it's, uh, published by Wisdom Publications, but almost all of his writing is avail available free on the, web on the website. He died in, I think, 96, maybe 93, but uh, his website is active because his center, Swan Mok, S-U-A-N-M-O-K-H dot org or dot com, I'm sorry, um, is active. And all of his uh, writings and articles and teachings translated into English, you can get free on that site. Uh, this, was, this one was dedic uh, translated by Santi Caro who was a monk for about 18 years and was his translator. And he is also in Wisconsin now, creating a community based on uh, Buddha Dasa's community, of the, uh, his center in Thailand. But it's a community of lay people. So we should think about that as a, a good retreat place. It's really uh, building up. So. This is a book that is uh, challenging. I think it's challenging even to those of us who, you know, may have a lot of uh, see the truth in it and and think about what a beautiful condition that would to be living with without having to always filter things and perceive things through our own ego, through our own, just our own... Uh, background. You know, we can't see things as clearly as we'd like to, but it's still such a difficult concept to unra un unwrap and then penetrate. So this is this chapter that we're starting is called Levels of Sunyata. And before I start reading, I just want to say, Patty, uh, congratulations. You, you don't have to have surgery for your, for your, uh, your arm, I want to say your shoulder, but I know it was down lower in your arm. And uh, that's great, you've been, you've been 
giving yourself your own physical therapy and Reiki treatments and uh, you, you may have to you may just have to forego that surgery altogether wouldn't that be wonderful so congratulations so levels of sunyata and I think this is going to be um, <laughs> it's not going to be easy and this is definitely a lifetime pursuit and maybe many lifetimes, but um, we don't have to think that we just have to leap completely to being completely in that state of uh, emptiness. Levels of sunyata. In the Upanasaka Sutta, the Buddha calls sunyata the abode of the great person. The Maha Purisavihara. Voidness is where the great person lives. The great person does not have a wandering, restless mind that spins this way and that like the mind of an ordinary person. The great person has a mind that dwells in voidness, lives with voidness, or is itself voidness. That being so, sunyata is the ab abode or home of great persons. And uh, the great persons are the Buddha and the Arahants, or the enlightened, enlightened beings. To say that voidness is their abode means that they live it and breathe it. The Buddha stated that he, the Tathagata, and remember that's another uh, expression used to mean the Buddha. The Buddha stated that he, the Tathagata, lived and abided in the dwelling or house of voidness. When he was teaching Dhamma, his mind was void of self and belonging to self. When he went on alms round or about his daily task, his mind was void. When he was resting in the daytime or enjoying himself in his free time, he dwelt void of self and belonging to self. Consequently, he declared to Sariputta, who, that was one of his, uh, the, the Moggallana and Sariputta were the, his number one and number two uh, disciples. Consequently, he declared to Sariputta that the Tathagata spent his life in the house of voidness, Sunyata Vihara. Here we are not talking about the ordinary, unenlightened person, but of the great person of the Buddha, of how he lived and in what abode he dwelled. If you want to see the Buddha's dwelling place, don't look for a building made of bricks and mortar in India. You should think of the abode called the house of voidness, or the home of the great person. But don't forget that it must be supreme voidness. So that's the, the top level of voidness. Unsurpassable sunyata. The supreme sunyata is not the momentary flash that we all may experience sitting here, which will disappear in a little while. The Buddha's house of voidness refers to ultimate voidness and a rather long Pali word is used for it. Padanama Nuttara Sunyata. This word is composed of three words, Padama, Anuttara, Anuttara, and Sunyata, and means 
supreme, unsurpassable voidness. The term is related in the technical literature of Dhamma to the concentration of mind that is signless, such that the mind is free and void of eruptions, asavas. The signless concentration of mind, which is purified of the eruptions of asavas, may be of two kinds. The kind in which regression is possible and the kind that is permanent. So there's temporary because it's possible to fall away from it. And there is another kind that is permanent. If at any moment there is the kind of mental concentration, the chitta samadhi, in which there are no signs to be clung to as self or as belonging to self, then that radiant mind free of eruptions, is called supreme, unsurpassable voidness. This is the natural, unforced state of the arahants, or enlightened, enlightened ones. If we unenlightened people are ever going to be true adepts or true yogis, we must be able to realize this concentration of mind. Even if we don't end the eruptions once and for all, there can be occasional freedom from them. We may borrow something of the Buddha and the Arahats to try out so that we don't lose heart. That which is called voidness, liberation, or Nibbana can be of two kinds, the kind that is absolute and final and the sort that is up and down, temporary and uncertain. It is this latter sort that we ordinary folk may know, for example, at times when our surroundings are particularly fitting, the mind may be void for an hour or two. Though the voidness we experience is temporary, the important thing is that we intend to practice making the mind void to the best of our abilities. So let me read that last sentence because... Uh, this is for us ordinary folks, and he includes, Buddha Dasa includes himself in the category. So, for example, so this is the kind that we may know, some of, some of you may already have experienced. For example, at times when our surroundings are particularly fitting, the mind may be void for an hour or so. Though the voidness we experience is temporary, the important thing is that we intend to practice making the mind void to the best of our abilities. The term supreme, unsurpassable voidness, as used by the Buddha, means the utter destruction of greed, hatred, and delusion. It is the complete destruction, it is the complete destruction of grasping at and clinging to things as self or as belonging to self. It has the same meaning as final abandonment. Consequently, when speaking of the highest level of sunyata, the Buddhist uses this term, supreme, unsurpassable voidness. So I'll read just a little bit more, and then we'll stop and sit together. So these are the steps, the steps of sunyata. If we gradually 
lower our eyes from the summit of sunyata, we will be able to understand the lesser levels of voidness. Directly below the peak of supreme unsurpassable voidness are the following. Experience that is neither experience nor non-experience. I'm not even going to try to pronounce the Pali. Experience of infinite nothingness. Experience of infinite consciousness. Experience of infinite space. Recognition of just earth. Recognition of just forest. Looking downward from the summit, these things are hard to understand. (laughs) So we will start from the bottom and gradually raise our eyes up to the peak. So in the bottom is this recognition of just forest. So let's we can begin here. So I'll read a little bit more just to finish this one little section. Well, the first level is the recognition of just forest, forest, which means the recognition of forest. If where we live is noisy and confusing, Imagine it to be a forest, just as if it were truly one, and we really have entered it. Imagine the forest to be void and tranquil, free of all disturbing noises. Merely imagining a forest is already to get one sort of voidness, a voidness that is child's play. Higher than the recognition of just forest, is the recognition of just earth, whereby we create the perception or recognition of earth. We recognize all phenomena as being merely the earth element. The recognition of earth can eradicate sensual passion regarding visible forms, sounds, odors, taste, and tactile objects. It is something that young men and women should try. Here, if we wish to ascend further, we must create the feeling that there is nothing but infinite space. Space is indeed one kind of voidness, but it is not yet sunyata. Sunyata is of a higher order than vacant, empty space. Don't be interested in that sort of emptiness. Pay attention to the more subtle level of sunyata, whereby we create the perception that there is nothing but endless consciousness. The perception that there is nothing but the endlessness of the consciousness element is called vijnana chayatana. If we ascend even higher, we reach the point of voidness called akinayatana. I may not have pronounced that correctly. That's letting go of, uh, whereby we mentally create utter nothingness. However, there still remains the experience that there is nothingness. So we'll stop there because there's one, okay, might as well read this part of the section. One step further lies the experience that is neither experience nor non-experience. Which is experienced through it, which is experiencing through non-experience. It is said that is that it is neither like being alive, 
nor like being dead. To say that there is experience would be false. To say that there is no experience would also be false. There is no recognition, labeling, or interpretation of experience. There is awareness without recognition. This state is so subtle that to call a person in it alive would be false, and to call him dead would be false. This, too, is a kind of voidness. These six levels of voidness are not the same as supreme, unsurpassable voidness. The Buddha spoke of them merely to demonstrate the various gradations of voidness. None of them are the voidness that is the abode of the great person. They are the sorts of voidness that seekers and sages had been groping after since before the time of the Buddha. Having discovered such things, the old meditators always got stuck and were unable to go beyond them. This was the case until the Buddha found the true sunyata, which is the abode of the great person, the supreme unsurpassable voidness of which I have been speaking. So, remember he's saying, let's start with the, the uh, down, down below the summit. Start out with recognition of just forests and then move to recognition of just earth. So don't be worried about jumping right into voidness because it won't happen that way. But we can gradually work with it. So now why don't we sit and being true earthlings, <laughs> we are here in the world and so uh, Part of what we want to do is have compassion for all beings. Have com and the more we can have compassion and loving kindness towards all other beings, the more we're giving, we are letting go of self and reaching out to others. And I think that's probably one of the best techniques for this letting go of self on, our, on the level that we can be most successful is to be concerned about and willing to uh, go out of our way to help others in, in, uh, in everything we do. We're trying, our intention every day is to, to uh, let everything that we do that's good and wholesome be of benefit to ourselves and others. So let's start our meditation with my wish. May I become at all times, both now and forever, a protector for those without protection, a guide for those who have lost their way, a ship for those with an ocean to cross, a sanctuary for those in danger, a lamp for those without light, a place of refuge for those who lack shelter, and a servant to all in need. By means of this meritorious deed, may I never join with the unwise, only the wise. Until the time... I attain awakening. So, why don't we sit together? We have some time. And if you have more time, just keep going when I have to finish. So, just relax your body. 
Let it be in a posture that allows you to feel awake. <clears throat> Let your hands just rest in your lap. But you can do this if you're on the floor on your back or if you're in bed. Uh, but just uh, be sure that your back is straight. You can be walking. And if you're not walking, you can close your eyes. Now, just become more of an observer and just be aware of the body breathing. Find a spot where you feel the breath in your body. And just keep a light focus on that spot. The most subtle spot is to be have your focus right around under your nostrils. But it's also fine to feel it in your belly as your belly rises and contracts with each inhale and exhale.
And as you stay with each breath, you'll also have an awareness of sounds. You'll have a sense of smell. sense of taste, sense of contact, touching, feeling your body, your feet on the earth, feeling the impact of wherever you're sitting with your bottom. And you'll also be aware of the mind working. So be aware of those things, but don't make don't make uh, judgments or critique them or make stories with them as they come into you. Let your sense doors be open. It's okay to close your eyes to give you a little break from the visual. But you can let your sense doors be open and just let things come in, but without, without interjecting yourself into that in, in between the sense organ and what's coming in through your sense doors. See if you can just be an observer. And as your body calms down, we can let our mind calm as well. When thoughts or opinions or stories arise, just make a note and then let it go.
This can be your forest. over and over again, you can just let go more and more. Just continue to lightly focus on the breath Feel awake and able to let go, to let be
Now, if you can, continue to sit. But as we close our time together, may we wish for the world that peace be restored everywhere. In Ukraine, in Myanmar, in every place there is division and war, in every place there is anger. May peace prevail, may it be restored. And as we know from our own experience, for peace to be restored in the world, it must begin with each one of us. May peace be within us, may we live as peace. So the way we can be of most benefit in our speech and our thoughts and our actions today, not only for our own personal benefit, but if those, any, all of those things move in the direction of peace, that will make the most benefit in the world today. So thank you for being here. And ah, be a beacon of peace. Thank you.